I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. joined by Brad and John. Brad, how are you doing on this fine evening? I am doing well, Brian. How are you? Just wonderful. Just great. Living the dream. John, oh, how are you? We need to send a, send somebody to check on Brian. <laughs> I am I'm good, Brian. Just a nice, good, good, regular good. So just to start out with a caveat, um, the BMB reaction show, we did not do it the last couple weeks, and last week we did not do a podcast. So for obvious reasons, well, I, I shouldn't say obvious, but last week was a bit of a stressful time for probably all of us as we were dealing with the things going on in our nation. Um, I also started a new job, so it's been a little bit more difficult, but hey, that's life for you. So we're we're back we're going to keep going. Also, I kind of fell asleep during the Chiefs game so that I didn't want to do the PNB reaction show on Sunday. You're just like, especially because when you fell asleep, um, <clears throat> you'd be like, yeah, based on the box score, uh, this happened. You'd be like, yeah, there was way more that you missed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For context, I fell asleep around the third quarter. I've just been mentally burned out from work. So. I apparently missed a lot. There was like uh, three games worth of action in that last quarter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Brad messaged me and was like, hey, we doing the show? I was like, yeah, sure, buddy. And then like he messaged me after the game and was like, so and I was already asleep. And I was like, nice. Yeah. So when when did the, the surprise onside kick happen? What part of the game was that? Was that the late third quarter? Yeah, it was in the third quarter. So totally did you see that? The, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's kind of our. our I fell asleep. You missed the surprise onside kick. Sure did. I will say well, I was. Well, I was did you did you did you miss the first one or the second one? I don't <laughs> remember an onside two. kick <laughs> taking place. Well, there was a there was a surprise one and then like a regular onside kick. I don't remember an onside kick taking place. I'll put it that way. There were two okay. onside kicks that took place. Okay. <laughs> we recovered well, Matt, one of them. Well, that's nice. well, illegally, but we still yes. did it. And that one, that was unfortunate too, because yeah, they had him and Joey Sly did it right. Surprised. Yep. And it wasn't really Sly's fault. It just like it hit the wrong end of the football and just kind of stuck. It hit, like it was like a golf ball with backspin on it. Yeah. It was like because it went nine and a quarter yards <laughs> instead yeah. of ten. Yeah, and he was like, so it was poor, poor Joey Sly. By the way, I think I mean I feel like his job is safe, but man, we are we we put a lot of trust in him. 
I swear to God, Matt <laughs> Rule has money on Joey Sly will break the <laughs> NFL field goal record. He has to. Oh, I can't wait to see how we how we uh, set ourselves up for a 65 yard attempt on Sunday. Like every week, we should just do it every week, just for the hell of it. Just, just some point, even in the if game. it's like second and three, we should just kick a 65 yarder just to just, see if he can do it. The, the first time we get the ball exactly on the 47 yard line, no matter time, score, or situation, just kick it, kick it. Just a 65 yard attempt. The sad, yeah, it's it's funny that. <laughs> that keeps happening where they they have to attempt long kicks to uh, try and win the game. Um, for context, so for those of you who may have missed the game and don't have the ability to check the score, the Panthers lost to the reigning defending Super Bowl champions by two points in a thirty three to thirty one loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, it was the Christian McCaffrey return game. They. The Panthers were thoroughly in the game with the Chiefs. They were only ever down by, at most, it looks like nine points. And, uh, yeah, I mean, promising promising game by a team that's, you know, supposedly rebuilding. Um, I mean, and to be quite honest, if not for a wind gust, we win that game. Right. Because the 67-yard field goal had the distance. It was wide right. A gust of wind blew it yeah, wide. He busted that ball. <laughs> yeah, he kicked the shit out of it. Like and he the, had, he had seventy yards on it. And even the one that he missed earlier, um, got caught by the wind too. Because even Joey Sly was like, "What? How did that not go in?" Yeah, because he like started outside the right. Even the announcers like, "Well, it looks like it's good." And, oh no, it's not. It it like, started outside the, the right upright and hit the left upright. Yeah, I think the big takeaway from this game, like Panthers lost the Chiefs. Like shocker, I think everybody expected that. I expected them to lose a lot worse. I was really oh, yeah. surprised. Yeah, I was. I, think, I was expecting to lose by three touchdowns. Like that. That's yeah. what I was thinking going in. So I'm. I am more than happy with the result. <laughs> so I feel like the main thing to take. Like I think everything, other than like the how close the game was, went kind of as expected. I think the big thing to talk about is Matt Rule just like with the ballsiest coaching job I've ever seen. Yes. Um, did you like on the broadcast, they talked about it. I don't know if it was before or like right after the fake punt, but they're like, Matt rule was talking. He said, he, Matt rules doing like their production meeting, or whatever. And he was like, you know, we are in practice. We're telling, we have to tell the players to be aggressive. You know, we're playing the best team in the league, but that doesn't matter. We have to go out. We have to assert ourselves, play aggressive. Don't play scared. But if all I do is say that, it's just words. I have to show it. We have to practice it. We have to show it as coaches. And he really showed it. Yeah, I mean, he he played he played that game as if you're playing the defending Super Bowl champions, and it was very refreshing to see. Um, especially Dude, we went, when you're. What? I mean, we went for it on like fourth and like five. I think it was early in the game when we were fourth in and three at the nine yard line. Yeah, which is. Like, oh, get you know, go ahead and get the points, get yourself on the board. And we're like, no, we need touchdowns. We're going for touchdowns. You can't beat Kansas City in Kansas City by kicking field goals. Yeah. I mean, there's no difference in losing, you know, 31 to 10 as it is 31 to 13. Like, that doesn't really make a difference. So, I, Matt Rule, he can have a job for the rest of his life for all (laughs) I care. Like, if he coaches like that every week, especially in a game where we're clearly outgunned. Mm. I mean, give him a contract for life because you know, just as well as I do, 
that if Ron Rivera were still here, we would have lost that game 31 to 10 or 31 to three. Like we would have kicked a field goal on the first drive. We wouldn't have kicked a, we wouldn't have faked a punt. We wouldn't have onside kicked it. Like none of those things would have happened. And yeah. we would have just been obliterated and feel like crap. Whereas <laughs> I've never been more excited watching a football game, especially one where my team lost than I was <laughs> yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, like the early going for a fourth down, then the fake punt, which was like two or like maybe the next drive or two drives later. It was um, the next drive. Yeah, where it was just like, nope, we're not giving, we're not voluntarily giving this ball back to the Chiefs unless we absolutely have to. And then, like, even there's like, what, 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter? And we're only down by two scores. And conventional wisdom says, well, fourth and long, you got to punt it because you're going to get the ball back. And we're like, no, we need to score. Nope. Now we're going to go for it on fourth and 14. Fourth and 14. And it's going to be a quarterback quarter. scramble. Yeah, I know. That was play insane. That took years off my life. That play. As, <laughs> as Brad would say, scared money don't make money. That's exactly right. Scared and, money don't make money. And Matt Brad's, really knows that. That's Brad's uh, trademark copyright quote. Yes. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. Yep. And Matt Rule was going for that bread. Let me tell you. He was trying to beat that wheat. Nice. But yeah, that was <laughs> that was the big thing for me. It was just like, regardless of anything else that happened, was just like, like Brad said, if Matt Rule coaches like that more often than not, he should be the Panthers coach for as long as he wants to be the Panthers coach. Because yeah. even if they lose, like that's just, that's what you want. I mean, as a fan, that's how you want the team to play. You want them to try to win, not avoid losing. Especially when you know that, like, you're not the better team on the field. Like, I think even they won't say it out loud or to the media, but they knew that they were outmatched. Like, they knew that. I mean, most people are won the Super Bowl for a reason, and you know they're not rebuilding. Patrick Mahomes is legitimately one of the three best players in the league. I mean, he is insane, and. You, you can't go in with a mindset of trying not to lose or trying not to lose too bad because you will. And yeah. I mean, we almost won like, and, and it's insane. We, we were winning until four minutes and 42 seconds left in the third quarter. That's when the chiefs took the lead. Yeah. For the first Brian, time. Right? That's the first time they took the lead in the entire game. We had the lead for almost for about two thirds of the game. Yeah, and it's funny, like, it's kind of a crazy juxtaposition to look at this this 2020 Panthers roster because there were so many times in the past where Pan- the Panthers won or lost close games, and it wasn't because they were being aggressive. It was because they were being too conservative, where this iteration of the Panthers under Matt Rule has played every team close, and a lot of those teams were better than them. Like, let's just be real here. Like, they're top to bottom on paper rosters were better than the Panthers and they played every team close. And yeah. that's not it. Like the, the thing about playing teams close and winning by or losing by less than a score, like one score, there typically tends to be regression to the meme to the mean, whether it's the team winning more games the following year or losing more games the following year, where this, this is different because this is Matt Rule taking a team that's not all that good and playing up to their competition. So I'm really excited to see what happens after maybe a year, probably two years of 
roster building to see what kind of team they field and how they and how aggressive they are when they actually can like go for the kill and twist the knife as Ron Rivera had said and never really practiced. Yeah, and uh one other thing, I someone mentioned this in the the comments of my winners article from the from the game recap. We might have won this game if Jeremy Chin was able to play. Because Travis Kelsey probably wouldn't have got I think it was 159 yards or something like that. Uh, yeah, he, he single-handedly yeah, single put the Chiefs ahead. Uh, he probably wouldn't have been as wide open with Jeremy Chen out there as he was. Uh, so, you know, I mean, let's face it, Chen is one of our three best players on defense, so it, it really hurt not having him out there. Um, Wasn't the safety that replaced him that guy they signed off the Giants practice squad? No. No. We've had Sam Franklin the whole time. Yeah, we we dra- we we signed him as an undrafted free agent, but he, does he went the- to Temple. <laughs> he was recruited by Matt Rule in Temple, but he he does deserve some props for. Yes, he does. Yeah, he played well. Tackle. He had to, a sequence on one drive where he had like a, a quarterback hit, a sack, a tackle for loss. I mean, it was it was back to back plays, back to back plays. Sacked Patrick Mahomes and then blew up this. I think it was he blew up the screen pass. Yeah, and it was, it was the screen, next play. Yeah. And uh, got the Panthers the ball back. And it was like late. I don't remember what exactly point of the game it was, but it was in the third or late in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, it was yeah. a key moment in the game. Like mm-hmm. we needed to get a stop and we did. Yeah. It was one I of the two that we got. <laughs> I have a hot take. I don't think Phil Snow's that bad. Is that a hot take? Yeah. Well, uh, I've seen there's some people on Twitter that think Phil Snow should be fired. Which <laughs> that's a bad take. Yeah. This kind of game really like cemented that I think he knows conceptually what he's doing. Um, yeah, they just need talent. I yeah, mean, they, just, they just don't have good players. That's all literally, they need players. Like, like our 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 secondary was two UDFA's and a guy we literally signed like three days before the season started. Well, on top <laughs> of that, like, is there any defense in the league, any coaching staff in the league right now where you would say? They're not going to give up 33 points to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. No, exactly. We pretty Uh, much held the Chiefs to their average. Yeah, I was going to say maybe, maybe somebody like Pittsburgh on a good day. Mm. Um, But yeah, it it would take a lot um, to to make that happen. Like we we definitely outperformed what we should have. Like I I legitimately thought the Chiefs were going to drop 50 points on us. Same. I did see so I saw this on Facebook. Just one of like my Facebook friends was like, offensive play calling, great. Defensive play calling, not great. It's like I think it's just more of offensive players to players not good yet. Yeah, yeah the offense is the, the offense is I mean, we have pretty we have pretty decent players on offense. Yeah. Like even with the offensive line not being very good as a whole as a whole unit, they've still you know, performed as a top as a top I wouldn't say top. I shouldn't say top, but like a upper tier level offense. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. If you take other than the offensive line and granted, that's probably the most important part. (laughs) uh, Our running back is one of the, the, the two best, arguably the best running backs in the league. Our wide receivers are good. We have uh, Robbie Anderson who has finally been, had a renaissance since he got away from Adam Gase, you know, surprise, surprise. Um, DJ Moore is a a good, 
um, slot guy. We have Curtis Samuel, although he gets a lot of hate on this particular podcast. He's turned into a really good number two wide receiver uh, slash gadget player. Uh, our backup running backs, Mike Davis. He's a good veteran. Uh, he is worth his $3 million salary. Don't at me. Um, we have a good quarterback. Don't at me. Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. Um, no, he's not elite. No, he's not Cam Newton in his prime. He's good enough. So we just need an offensive line and we need a tight end. Um, cause I don't think Ian Thomas is going to be that great, but we have pieces. Yeah. I think Ian Thomas and Chris Manhurts are fine as your second and third tight ends, but yeah, no, we, they need, need, we need, they need number one. like we need a number yeah. one tight end and we just don't have it. Uh, and you know, Defense is a whole nother story. I mean, we've got uh, Shaq Thompson, but I think he's starting to be on the decline. And Jeremy Chin and Brian Burns are two cornerstones. And then Yeter Gross Matos is going to be good with some experience. And then it's a whole bunch of who is that guy? Yeah, and even the guys that are supposed to be good are still young. Like Brian Burns is probably our best defensive player right now, and he's in his second season. Yeah. And he's still got a lot of – and he's a young uh, sophomore too because he was like 21 when he got drafted. So he's still yeah. got several years before he reaches his prime. Like there's nobody on this defense that is either good or already – that's good and has like peaked. Other than Trey Boston. Other than Trey Boston. And Trey Boston is like with bottom tier. Trey Boston is good. Trey Boston. Yes, I think Trey Boston's good more in coverage than in run support. But he's like – he's good, not great. He's fine. He, you, Trey Boston, you can get away with Trey Boston if your oh, yeah. other safety is really good against the run, mm-hmm. like we had with Eric Reed. Or, yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, for a little bit. Or if your corners are really good, where Trey Boston can just be that quote unquote, and I hate to steal this from another sport, but where he can be your center fielder. Yeah. Um, I, I despise that, but at any rate. <laughs> um, but, you know, Trey Boston can't be your best player in the secondary. That's yeah. when it's a problem. And that's yeah, what he much. is right now. So, yeah. But I, I feel like a <clears throat> lot to be excited for. And then, like, I, I like what we do on works. Yeah. yeah, I like what we do on defense. It's just the players aren't there yet. I just And it's hard to say, you know, like what would happen if the skill play, if the players were better or more developed. But. I just like how we do different things different each week, depending on who we're playing against and depending on who's available. It's amazing and, how that works. And, like, and I'm excited that that will eventually bear fruit, <laughs> bear fruit once the uh, players are better. Yeah. Matt, Matt rules process based evaluation and process based approach to the way teams play football is definitely bearing fruits. I think because he's not really, he, he, he really focused in on his on the idea of of like having the right process in place rather than being more results based and it's clearly working. I mean like Carolina is obviously not winning these games but nobody really expected them to. Oh um, yeah, they've already exceeded expectations of a lot of people. Yeah, like, I mean I I I thought at the beginning of the year we would maybe win 5 games. Yeah. We've already won 3. Yeah. And we, and we still have a couple of win- we still have a couple of winnable games to go. Yeah, we were three and two at one point, um, and we still have a couple of winnable games left. Like we play Denver, um, 
we play somebody else that's bad. I can't remember. Who Washington. It is. Chargers. Washington. We already played, We've already played the yeah. Chargers. Um, yeah. We play Washington and we play um, Detroit. Detroit. Minnesota. Yeah, we play Detroit. So we have some winnable games left. Yeah. Um, and and Green Bay, yeah, and Green Bay, yeah, we yeah, easily beat Green Bay in Green Bay <laughs> in December. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got that. No problem. I hope to God. I hope we play the the in Green Bay. I hope we play that game the same way we played against Kansas City. Just all <laughs> oh, out, yeah. ball to the wall. Fuck it, do whatever. A surprise uh, onside kick on the opening kickoff. Just yes, just just <laughs> shit like that. I hope we do that again. Yeah, I want. Somebody to do that. I know teams have done surprise onside kicks to start the second half. I want to see a team surprise on side kick to start the game. That could that be, be us. <laughs> like defer to the second half and then kick it, and then get, you get the ball to start both halves. That would be great. Maybe they'll try it against Tampa. Well, Today. they won't do it now because we just gave it away. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta they'll let that sit. I well, and then Bruce, also Bruce Arians is a listener to the podcast. I forgot. Sorry. I feel like you also can't go that hard, like back to back weeks, because now like every punt, the the uh, coverage team is going to be on alert. Every kickoff, same thing. You know, they're going to be ready for all these wild things that happen. You got to kind of save that for when it's na- when it's more necessary. My favorite thing about the fake punt, too, while we're talking about fake punts, he had two receivers wide open <laughs> in the middle of the field. Like, it wasn't just a desperation thing. Like, it was an actual play. Like, he had two two guys wide open in the middle of the field. Yeah, that was – that was. I, I wonder what they saw where they're like, hey, the Chiefs never – they like they never cover these people. Just throw it to them. That's just like, what was it, two weeks ago when we took a penalty, a delayed game <laughs> penalty, to, and then faked it. Like, it takes balls to do that kind of shit. <laughs> Like I wouldn't even do that on Madden. That that was what I thought watching that was like, man, we're playing this game like somebody playing against their friend in Madden, and they're like, I have nothing to lose because who cares? It's a video game. Yeah, that was pretty much how how Matt Rule coached that game. So All do right. we want to we want to start laughing at the rest of the NFL? I was about to do that. I think the first thing we're, we're going to start with an off the field thing. Uh. The Tack McKinley story. He got waived today. Yep. And did you? But did you see after the tweets, all the tweets that he posted? I honestly, I am out of the loop on this because okay. I've been. Oh, I've been, I'm so happy I get to break this to you. Yeah, I, I just, I saw that he's been released, and I saw that friends of the program, um, Gina and DW, weren't like mad about it. So I don't know any more than that. So basically he went on Twitter and um, I don't know. I don't know the thing, but he was basically, he just came out and said the Falcons turned down a fifth and sixth round pick for multiple teams. When I requested to get traded this year. And then he said, I only have 17 and a half career sacks. Like, like he, he just put himself on blast. Like I'm not very good. What do they, what do they want out of this? What? And then he went on to say that they had second round pick. What? Last year. <laughs> He said, I only have 17 and a half career sacks. Why are they not accepting these trades? Wow. And I thought that was hilarious. And he was just like, come on, guys. I'm not that good. Fifth, fifth round picks is the best you're going to do. Wow. It's much respect for that, though. Yeah. 
Because, like, every professional athlete's like, oh, no, I, I think I could be the best player in the league if I just got the right opportunity or whatever. It's just like, and he's like, nah, man, I'm a mediocre player. Take what you can get. <laughs> so that That's was, a man yeah. who wants out. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he got, pretty he got much. his wish. <laughs> um, so I guess we should also, before we keep going, should the Panthers put a claim in for him? Uh, I think yes. Because, I mean, to me, it's yes, because he can't be any worse th- than <laughs> what we've got. I mean, I'm a I, shot, yeah. the only the only thing that the only caveat I have is that when a player is waived, you do have to pick up the contract they have. And that is a first round pick contract. So yeah, yeah, but he's at the end waived. of it, right? Yeah, it's the last year of his contract. But but the last year of a first round picks contract, aside from the fifth year option, is the most expensive. So, yeah. I don't know that I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I, that I researched what his, you know, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to research what it's actually what, what his, his current salary this year is only is like a little under a million dollars. Yeah. Well then yeah, absolutely claim him. <laughs> um, he, he can't be worse than FAO Bata. Like, you know, no, that's my point. Yeah. He's not worse than, than FAO Bata. He's probably not worse than that. What's his name? Austin Larkin. Um, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't see why not just he can rush the passer. He might not get to the quarterback, but you know, he's only done it 17 times. So, but I mean, he can't be any worse than what we've already got. Right. That Plus it would be funny that we take him after the Falcons, let him go. And he has a Renaissance in his career and ends up being like Bruce Smith or Julius peppers or Reggie white or something. And we get to laugh at the Falcons again. Like that would be funny. <laughs> They tried to blow it again uh, on Sunday. They were up by 21 going into the fourth quarter, and they gave up back-to-back touchdowns pretty early in the fourth quarter. And I was like, oh, no, they're going to do it again. But they held on. They actually held on to the ball for once and were able to run the clock out. Oh, uh, fat. Phillip Rivers gave me the, what was my favorite NFL play I've seen in a while. Oh, the attempt to tackle? If you could call it that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about professional athletes doing super uncoordinated things that's so nice to see because it's like, oh look, we're all, we are the same species of animal. Like, and Phil Rivers was like, he can't run and look backwards at the same time, and then, and then to make it worse, he got run over while he was laying on his back like a turtle. Oh my god! <laughs> you saw that, right, Brian? I did not. I, I oh literally like, like I've been I've been so burnt out that like I. Like I watched a little bit of the Panthers game. That's really it. Aside from watching the Saints almost shut out the Bucks, that was really all I did this this Sunday. The ba- you can just Google Philip Rivers tackle and you'll find it. But basically, what happened was uh, Jonathan Taylor fumbled after like an eight yard or, ish or so run, and the Ravens picked it up. And Philip Rivers is allowed to at an angle towards the sideline from the middle of the field. And he sees that the the ball carrier is about to cut, so he tries to kind of turn his hips, and those hips don't turn, and he just fell, and he fell flat on his back with no one I around him. I am watching it now. Yeah, live reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he saw it. <laughs> he just fucking <laughs> fell like ten, like seven yards away from the ball carrier. He just <laughs> fell over. <laughs> Oh my God, Philip yeah. Rivers! Don't ever change. <laughs> and it's sad that we're almost that that we're at the tail end of that. Him and Ben Roethlisberger, who Ben Roethlisberger has new injuries every week. Apparently, he's hurt with b- both of his knees are hurt now. 
They need to get Ben Roethlisberger a fucking walker at this point, man. Like, <laughs> well, I think it's a Ben thing, not a, like an actual, uh, you know, injury problem. And Ben and Ben Roethlisberger also has been added to the COVID list, so he's just like make sure he he's checked off every injury box before he retires. Yeah, he's got a lot going on apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Who but did the, the, the play this weekend. Maybe he's just trying to take a week <laughs> off. Just take a week. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they are. I'm going to guess they're on a bye because it seems to be on another play the Bengals. Oh, he a lot of NFL teams have been... They, can get, they can get Duck Hobbs out there. I'm sure he can win that game. A lot of NFL teams, I feel like, have been conveniently bit by the coronavirus bug on their bye weeks. Yeah, so didn't did, um, uh, Baker Mayfield yeah, did that they, last week? Yeah, and then like I think it was like the Bears one week, maybe, if they've had a bye week. I don't know. But I remember it's been two or three teams that are like, oh, they have several COVID you know, COVID uh, players added to the COVID list, and it's like, oh, but they're on their bye week, so it's okay. And it's like, it's, that's odd how uh, frequently that's been happening. Um, at what point do players start for a Washington football team? Just for the safety of their legs. You should oh my god. It, it cut out a little bit. I, I know said, what he meant. At what, point, <laughs> at what point do quarterbacks start refusing to play for the Washington football team out of safety of their legs. Yeah. Brian, did you see Kyle Allen's injury? I did not, but I heard about it. Another foot pointing the wrong way type of thing. Yeah, I Yikes. I don't I don't know how he got out of that with just a separated ankle. Yeah. Like, I don't know how his whole leg isn't like exploded. Yeah, and luckily for him it wasn't like he has a small fracture. But yeah, for the it was most like a part, bone chip, I think is what they say. Yeah, but for the most part, a dislocated ankle is much is not like that catastrophic because you just kind of put it back into place and let stuff kind of recover, and you're okay. Um, and has got such a good decorated pass with handling injuries. His initial comment was that uh, I don't think it's safe to rule him out for the year yet. Like, uh, yeah, it kind of is, Ron. I mean, <laughs> so come on, Ron. Let's look. Like his ankle was dangling off of his leg. Like, I think it, his foot. I they mean, went back on that. They said he's out for the year now. But just like Ron Rivera to, just to say, like, that's one of the times where you say, uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna cons- uh, let the team medical staff make the call on that. Not, oh, we we can, we're gonna we can try to get him back. We can try to bring him back. Like, how bad is Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> you know, I mean, just even I mean, like, we're gonna put a one-footed Kyle Allen out there as backup before we let Dwayne Haskins back in the building. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're clearly, they're going to go with Alex Smith, which is yeah. a risk. Um, so, I mean, how, how bad is Dwayne Haskins, you know? Uh, and I'm also sure that Washington fans love having, like, 37-year-old Alex Smith dry, uh, leading the team to rebuild instead of having their first-round pick from last year get some uh, game reps. Yeah. Sounds, well, to sounds be like fair, fun. to be fair to Ron, and I, I only say this because of the division they play in, they're not out <laughs> of it yet. No, like, they're not. they have a shot at winning the division, and they're what one in seven or two and seven? Or... They're two and seven, yeah, yeah. So, and they still have a shot at winning. So that would be funny as shit if Ron Rivera pulls that off again and wins the, and gets in the playoffs. <laughs> that has to well, be saw, the first. Coach. I saw a story where they, he's already told his team about the 2014 Panthers, how they won the division at seven, eight, and one. So I'm he's sure coach of the year if that team wins the NFC East. 
Like, there's no is question. He, even if they win the NFC East at like five and eleven, is that still coach of the year material? Yes. Considering that all five of the wins would probably be against other NFC East teams. Hey, you got to beat who you play. <laughs> um, uh, they're going to beat us. Like, there's no question about that. I don't know. There's a question. I think there's at least a question about that. There. The that defensive Rivera line is going to game. That defensive line is going to wreck us. Yeah, their defensive line is good, but they also they're, can't. I mean, I guess our defense is bad, but well, the rest of their team is awful. Well, yeah, but their strength matches up with our biggest weakness. Like their best thing about them is their defensive front. Our weakest front thing is our offensive line. So they're gonna they're gonna have an advantage there. But you are right. The rest of that squad is awful. Like <laughs> yeah. the only there's like two or three teams that are worse than they are. Uh, they're not the Jets. They're not the Jaguars. But they're really bad. It's basically they have the defensive line and Terry McLaurin. That is, and that's the end of the good things yeah, about Washington. And they have nobody to throw to Terry McLaurin. Yes. Uh, two more things. One, uh, Cam Newton's rushing touchdown record per quarterback is in jeopardy. There are two players oh. that are on pace to break that record this season. Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray and who? Kyler Murray and Cam Newton again. Oh, okay. They both have eight rushing touchdowns through eight team games. Well, I'd so imagine have, that Cam Newton probably has the better route to it because his offense is shit in New England. And also, they just do not want him to throw. It's very frustrating to watch. Well, I mean, who who are their wide receivers? That's Jacoby Myers is their breakout wide receiver right now that Cam has been force feeding. But like, I was watching the end of the game last night or Monday night, and they were they were trying to like go on a two minute drive to win, and it ended up working. But the play call was like. Handoff, screen pass, screen pass, quarterback sneak, and then they took they threw one pass down the field to get into field goal range, and then kicked the field goal. But it was like they they did not let Cam just drop back and throw it. And part of that's because their offensive line is terrible, but it's still very frustrating to watch. And also, poor Cam again for getting out of here where he was not in a great situation, a very quarterback friendly situation, and going to probably the worst quarterback situation in the league. Yeah, like he's his top wide receiver played quarterback in college yeah all three of his top receivers are all udfas right yeah because julian edelman's on ir as well yeah, yeah julian edelman's I, ir I, and nikhil harry's udfas that's bad <laughs> i did Harry's learn something else wide monday wide. night too and i legitimately did not know this i did not know that joe flacco was was with the jets <laughs> yes, he is. I did He's not know a few that. games this year, but I guess you haven't watched the Jets to know that. No, I haven't really spent much time watching the Jets. The <laughs> yes, best thing Joe about the still Jets around. Are, are their uniforms. I do like their new uniforms. Very sleek. Uh, last thing, Pete Carroll is the best bad coach in the league. Yes. Do you saw his? So his post game comments after the Seahawks got shredded once again defensively, he said something along the lines of, we thought they were going to run the ball more, and we had a lot of good stuff set up to stop their run. So I was a little surprised they didn't run more. The Bills have a terrible run offense and have been throwing the ball more than almost anybody this year. And the Seahawks' game plan for that was they played cover zero or cover one on like 75% of their snaps because I guess they forgot to look at the 2020 tape and looked at 2018 and 2019 film. 
Yeah, didn't but the yeah. Bills run it like eight times? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and they've been doing that all year. Like that's not yeah. like, like they didn't break from their tendencies. Like I don't have it in front of me, but they've been very pass heavy this season, and they've been passing the ball very well and not running the ball well at all. And so Pete Carroll had a post game comment where he's like, "Kind of surprised well, I don't they threw know. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they threw the ball. Why are you kind surprised? It's kind exactly of surprised what they've done, they done. They did what they've been doing all year." I, I'm surprised they did what they've been doing all year and attacked our biggest weakness. We were not prepared for that at all. Yeah. Well, he's an old school head coach and he thinks that the running game is more important than it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm kind of, that's what I was getting at where he's kind of the, we talk about like the, the class of coaches where X's and O's not that great, but he's good at getting the buy-in and stuff. Pete Carroll is like the pinnacle of that, where he is the ultimate players coach gets guys to play hard, gets everybody to buy in but he is way outdated in his philosophies. Yeah. But luckily for him, he has Russell Wilson. Extension the other day too. Yeah. He's basically the yeah, Seahawks coach as long as he wants to be, but Russell Wilson. And then the players he had on that defense for a while, basically kind of kept him his job because the, the Seahawks on the defense wasn't any like expert coaching or anything. It was just like, Hey, we're going to play cover three with good players. Yeah. We have you know, three of the best safeties ever. So yeah. let's just put them all out there at the same time. Yeah, we'll just oh. play cover three. We'll do the exact same play every single time. But since our players are so good, it won't matter. And yeah, good job. Good job. And then and the defensive coordinators go elsewhere and fail miserably like Dan Quinn and uh, Gus Bradley. Yeah, it's not hard to be good on defense when your secondary is Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not hard to be good when you have those three guys back there. Yeah, and then you've got uh, Bobby Wagner in the middle. And then Bobby Wagner is your linebacker, and then you've got good pass <laughs> rushers. It's not hard at all. Yeah, but that's that's all from around the league. Could do a real quick talk about the Buccaneers. After... Yeah, so we'll take yeah, a break ahead. here, and uh, we'll uh, come back with you, and we'll talk about Bucks versus Panthers round two. So stay tuned, listen to the ad. Hopefully it changes your life. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. Hey. Bucks Panthers. So can we just talk about the fact that the Buccaneers got absolutely fucking embarrassed <laughs> by the Saints on it's the, uh, uh, Antonio Brown football? Yeah. Antonio Brown joins the roster, and the entire team just forgets how to play football. And Tom Brady looked really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to watch a whole lot of that game, but I did see one of his interceptions where he was drifting 
almost to the right sideline, and he just decided, like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this off my back foot to the other side of the field. And he yeah. basically threw a punt. Like, it would end up being, like, a 10-yard punt. Yeah, like, if it was any other team that was playing the Buccaneers, I would have been really enjoying that game. But it, since <laughs> it was the Saints, I did not enjoy that game. And Sean Payton, oh, wait, there was one other thing from that. Dude. But Sean Payton had a lot of fun. Gave him a lot of chances to put Taysom Hill out there, get his, get his boys some shine. Ugh. Yeah, I spent almost <laughs> the entire time. So I had woken up after that, and I was uh, spending almost that entire time on the Cat Scratch Reader Twitter. Follow uh-huh. us on Twitter, by the way, Cat Scratch Reader without the last E. And uh, I spent almost that entire game talking shit on Taysom Hill because well, he's just Joe Webb but white. <laughs> the, there is one thing about Taysom Hill, though. Uh, Sean Payton pulled the ultimate Sean Payton at the end of that game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so in the Saints' penultimate drive, which started uh, just before the end of the third quarter, uh, Taysom Hill was the quarterback for the entire drive, and they got all the way to the three-yard line, and they put Drew Brees in there to throw a touchdown pass. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Taysom Hill, they basically ran like a – um, I guess Drew Brees played – no, he played one snap that I can see. But basically, it was just Taysom Hill and handoffs, and then they put, they put Drew Brees out there on second and goal from the three to, to get a touchdown pass. When people start talking about Drew Brees as the greatest quarterback of all time <laughs> because he has the touchdown record, remember shit like that. <laughs> yes. That's why he has the most touchdowns. They, they, they're, they're milking the clock until they get close to the end zone, and they make sure Drew Brees gets a touchdown pass. and total garbage time it's 31 to 3 at that point and there were nine minutes left so yes and they have no reason to not like just run it in because it's not like they were having a hard time running yeah so yeah uh peak sean payton but yeah the buccaneers very bad yeah the buccaneers are really pushing their way back towards the prediction i had that they wouldn't win more than like nine games this year yeah it's, after they're, they struggled they're, with the, the Giants. they're the perennial eight and eight or worse team like it's just the way it is with tampa <laughs> like it doesn't matter who you put in there they're 500 or worse they tend to win free agency a lot too only for yeah. it to you know oh, they're, not they're the out. dream team right now Especially like on well even a little bit on defense because defensively they have uh jason pierre paul and indomagan sue i know they're older players, but it's like the name recognition. And then offensively, you have like Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy, Tom Brady. Like if a a casual NFL fan reads the names on that roster, they're like, oh, this is the best team ever. They have Gronk too. And Gronk, yeah. Yeah, this is the best team ever. Like If if it were 2012, they would go 16-0. and Like there's no doubt. Yeah. They have what, like – half dozen players on their team that at one point could be in position. Yeah. Like, not now, obviously, but they get different points throughout the last 10 years or so. So, yeah. and then But they're the Bucks, so they struggled against the Giants, and they lost it. Maybe it's just because they don't play well at night. It's past Tom Brady's bedtime. That might be it. Like, he, he drinks all that holy water and <laughs> kale soup or whatever and early in the morning and it wears off before the game's over yeah, i mean he, my- he is in his 40s so that's typically when people t- tend to like uh 
fall off around like 10 o'clock so that, you know, i am 40 and that is the most accurate thing you have ever said <laughs> that's, what, that's what i'm saying like it's these games started at 8 15 8 30 he's by the time by halftime rolls around he's he's ready for bed like we yeah. we covered the falcons game two weeks ago and i was struggling <laughs> and that game it ended early like it was 11 30 when it was over and i was exhausted the next day <laughs> yeah so yeah, that's probably then, I, I just wrap. wrote about it i don't i didn't even play like i just watched it on tv and wrote like 400 words about it that's all i did by then brad was ready for the next day's paper yeah exactly um so do we think the panthers actually have a chance to win i i kind of think we do oh we do they have, have a, a chance, chance to win any game i don't think they will but we have a chance yeah it's it's kind of weird because, like, I go into most of these games thinking, oh, Carolina's talent-wise below this other team. But they played the Saints real close, and the Buccaneers just shit the bed against the Saints. Like, they were bad against the Saints. Like, that was not a primetime-worthy game that they just played. Yeah, and I misremembered, too. They didn't get their three points until... The, yeah, the Saints ran up thirty-eight. Yeah, they, it was. Yeah. It was a kick the field goal so we don't get shut out. Yeah, it was play. the world. It was the Will Muschamp special, the world status <laughs> field goal. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 box score kick, the box score score. So uh, people don't. It doesn't strike them as like, oh man, they got shut out. Yeah, they just lost badly. Yeah, Will Muschamp, it, Will Muschamp did that against Texas A and M. It was forty-one to nothing. It was fourth <laughs> and three on like the thirty-yard line, and he kicked a field goal. Yeah, man, you gotta you gotta save some dignity. You you gotta you gotta prevent the shutout. You gotta do whatever you can do. You, you know, losing forty eight to three is better than losing forty one to nothing. I tell you what. Yeah, you, priority yeah, when you get to that point of the game, priority number one is don't shut out. Priority yeah. number two is you, don't get hurt. You can't allow that other team to get their shutout stickers for their helmets. Exactly. So, um. So. Christian McCaffrey, and so I'm going to just genuinely say this. I don't know what his status is. I just know that he had a shoulder injury from Sunday. Um, but it sounds like he probably won't play, so that's a bad thing for Carolina. I could be wrong, though, so feel is free that, to correct me. Is it that pessimistic right now? All I've seen is day-to-day. Yeah, well, day-to-day could also mean he has to have it amputated. Like, you know, oh, I, coaches, yeah. coaches say day-to-day not really knowing anything. Well, yeah, I mean, like last year, Cam Newton was day to day and missed the entire season. But yeah. Like, so, I mean, but I think Matt Rule is a little different than mm-hmm. than Ron Rivera when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, if it's bad enough, I would just shut him down for the rest of the year. Did they say what the actual injury is? He landed funny on his shoulder. They yeah. Haven't said exactly what it is, or at least I haven't seen it. So I I don't know. It could just be a stinger. Uh, it could yeah. be you know something like that. Like but, one of those AC joint sprains or yeah, something that players get a lot from landing hard. Yeah. yeah. If it's anything worse than that, like if he's going to have to be out another three to to five weeks, I would just shut him down for the rest of the year. It is um, reassuring that he did he did go back into the game after he heard it. He only played like one snap, but the fact that he was. Yeah, you know, not yeah, they didn't immobilized. cart him off the field, so. Yeah. And also, it's I think 
you know, considering that he's a running back, it's more of a, I feel like it's more of a pain tolerance thing than a functionality thing. Probably. Because, I mean, you need your shoulder. You don't really need your shoulders to run. But like, I mean, if it was like a quarterback. It's like, yeah, he's probably out for a few weeks. But with with an injury like that, I mean, I don't know what it is. But assuming it's something structurally messed up. But if he has like a sprain or something, it's like, oh, that's not going to get it worse. You're just going to hurt. It's just going to hurt. So it's up to you if you want to try to gut it out or wait a little bit. Well, if it's if if they say to him it's up to you, he's going to play. Oh yeah. Like he's not Eli Apple. Like he's gonna play. <laughs> Forgot about um, that guy already. Yeah. <laughs> but I I mean like I said, if it's anything worse than a sprain or a stinger or any of those whatever, I would just put him on the shelf for the rest of the year. We're not gonna win more than eight games. Like that's our absolute ceiling. If everything goes right, we're not going to win more than eight games. So there's no point in in running him out there and screwing up what could potentially be years two, three, four, and beyond of the Matt Rule process for two more wins in a year that we're not going to make the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. I I don't think you really want to like have McCaffrey like rehabbing in the off season. Like, even though the off season is a long time, like I yeah, just do it now. Yeah, yeah. Like it it like this year is this year's the experimental year. Like I think that that was part of why like Matt Rule went balls to the wall with his play calling against the Chiefs because he he knows like even even if Carolina like somehow manages to pull out like enough wins to make the playoffs, they are not going to be a Super Bowl contender. So like why would you take that chance? Yeah, it's it's I understand all that. But as a fan, I just want as to a watch fan, Christian McCaffrey play more. I want to watch Christian McCaffrey play football. Yes. Oh absolutely. yeah. He he is so much fun to watch regardless like from an entertainment standpoint, he is just fun to watch. So that part I get. So it's it's a tough thing. I'm sure that he'll probably sit out this week and then be fine. Like, I don't know, next week, probably. Yeah. So I just, I don't want them to, ju- to, I don't want them to hurt their draft prospects by winning meaningless games with an injured Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That's kind of a like lose, lose all the way around. Yeah. Like if he's fine, I don't mind them trying to win as many games as possible. Cause I want to see them win. But if he's, if he's hurt, I don't, I don't want them to jeopardize his career. And then I also don't want them to win. Like, I don't want him to go seven and nine instead of four and 12, because all that does is hurt us in the long run. Well, going seven to nine instead of four and twelve, just because it happens, it's fun to watch in the time. But you don't want to like sacrifice the future, and that's that comes like in offseason stuff where you talk about like not sacrificing draft capital or cap space to be a mediocre team. And it's the same thing for like the health of your players. Like you don't want to like add more tread to Christian Mc- or you know add more injuries to Christian McCaffrey in a year that doesn't matter just to go from to also hurt your draft position. Yeah. So, yeah. But hopefully he can play. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully he's fine cuz I want yeah. to be in play and I don't want them to intentionally lose. I don't want to Yeah. I don't want to tank, but like if he's if he's more than day to day, like if he's more than 
I don't want to say hurt. If he's more than hurt, if he's injured, because <laughs> there is a difference between being hurt and being injured. Uh, if, if he's more than just hurt, I don't want them to risk anything long-term. I yeah. would also prefer that if it realistically makes sense that they go into the Bucks game as um, healthy as possible and play as many starters as possible, because let's be honest here, it's going to be so much fun if they actually can find a way to beat the Bucks to further just like drop them down to the eight and eight part of yeah. what we predict. Like, come on now. Like if Tom yeah, Brady goes eight and eight after losing to the Panthers, like the, the national media is going to go fucking nuts. And I would, I would just enjoy the shit out of that. Yeah. That's just, that's just my selfish take on it, but I would really enjoy <laughs> the Panthers beating the Bucks after the pan the Bucks lost to the saints just to really nail it in there that yeah, the Bucks are the Bucks are a cursed franchise. The Bucks are still the Bucks. Yep. So, so score predictions? Sure can. Um why don't you go with yours, John? Uh Buccaneers thirty one, Panthers twenty seven. All right. Brad, what about you? Was that uh, you noting it down? You were, you were writing it. <laughs> I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as John. I'll make mine a little bit different. Uh, I'll say Bucks 30, Panthers 28. I'll Just say squished it in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I I, I think they're going to score four touchdowns, and we're going to score three or four touchdowns, but they'll kick an extra field goal or two and win i just this is going to be another game like the chiefs game but they'll they'll come out on top um it's going to be close i'll say bucks 24 panthers 20 and yeah like that's possible too like i think it's going to be within a touchdown i would also say that i predict that the panthers will probably be driving to try and win the football game and lose because joey Fly will miss a 71 yard field goal at the end of the game (laughs) Seventy-one Hopefully. yards. We're gonna get to that point. We went from sixty-five to sixty-seven. So you know what? I I honestly think what we're gonna end up seeing soon is we're gonna do the old safety kick at the end of the half, mm-hmm. and he's just gonna let Joey Sly go out there and what? It's what a an eighty-yard field goal at that point if you do it, or well, I guess it depends it. on where you catch it from. But yes, yeah, so wherever you fair if you fair catch it, you can kick a free an uncontested kick from so that I, spot. I we, really we're gonna do that. We're gonna do not that, even, but we're gonna do it like not even at the end of a half. We're just gonna oh, like yeah, fair he's just catch. gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like first and opening, ten. The opening 50. drive of the game. Yeah, it's like oh, first and ten from the from the our own forty-four. Like hey, let's do the free kick thing. Yeah, you'll see Matt Rule on the sideline pulling up his FanDuel app on his phone <laughs> to see how much he won. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, yeah. man, we need to we need to make we need to find that. Prop fly will break the record for longest field goal this season. Hey, if he does it, that's fine. That would be that's that's just cherry on top for a Panthers team that's like actually playing teams competitively and being entertaining and uh, not making us sad. So, yeah. You know. So what 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 is the record? Sixty. It would be sixty five, right? That's yeah. What the current record sixty four. Yeah. Okay. Made by Matt Prater. Oh wait, and Brandon well, what- McManus. Do we play Denver at home or in Denver? Oh, that's a good question. Because if we play them in Denver, he is totally going to try a 70-yard field goal in Denver. We play 
them at home. Damn. Oh, damn it. Fuck. <laughs> but maybe they'll maybe they'll bring some of the thin air here. Maybe. <laughs> Just get some Ziploc bags. It's yeah. Fun. Um, yeah, that's it right. the whole time we, played, here, we, so. played, we played the Chargers in LA and yeah. we played Kansas City in Kansas City. So we would have to play Denver at home. Damn it. Maybe we can ask to play it in Denver. <laughs> can we, can we form, like, like, the Broncos aren't going to say no. Yeah, they're not going to say no. Like, hey, can we just come to your house instead? Yeah. We want to see how far Joey Sly can kick it. <laughs> and we don't want to wait four years because he's, he's young and spry right now. Yeah, he's got the leg now. <laughs> Well, um, is there anything else we want to add or discuss before we uh, end no, I'm the good. show? No, I'm 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 good. I love well, you, Joey Sly. <laughs> I do like Joey Sly as well. So, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian, joined by Brad and John. We'll be with you to break down this uh, Buccaneers Panthers game round two, and. Uh, Hopefully we can laugh at Tom Brady. That's that's all I really have to say. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you. Later.